0: Helmets and Heels, (laughs) built by DreamFinders Homes, (laughs) is presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL. Now your hosts, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. Ladies, the show is always odd to me when we have it
1: after a holiday weekend, because we don't have our typical Monday to kind of get back in the groove. This is Monday. We just jump right into it. So you know what? We may as well jump right into it like i'm sure y'all did in nashville i guarantee you did not go unpack at the hotel room and then go out and have fun i have a feeling the bags were dropped and then y'all went out immediately essentially that's exactly what we
2: did because we had a (laughs) shuttle that took us all there was about a dozen girls that went so it was a shuttle that took us from the airport to the
1: grocery store
2: to the liquor store and then to the house to where we checked in and the house was gorgeous it overlooks the skyline of nashville and we have a, a, a one of those, those party bike things, re- reservations, where yeah. everybody's, like, pedaling on the bike, and you go throughout the streets of Nashville. So we had an appointment for that, like, an hour after we got to the house. So it really was, like, drop your bags off and go. But then we were also going with... A few, I wouldn't say a few, probably four or five new moms. And so this was like their first chance, like away from the kids, away from their significant others. So whenever we got, you know, through with the flight and all that jazz and getting to the actual place where we were staying, a bunch of them just wanted to crash. And I said, no, we already prepaid for this bike tour. We're (laughs) going to go. We're going to go do it. And that's that's probably the most fun we had on the entire trip.
1: Was what is
2: it? A pedal bar or something? What is it called? Yeah, it's, you have a guy that actually drives it and gives you sort of a tour of the city as you're going through it. But he's also playing music. And then you have a girl who's walking back and forth, and she's filling up your drink. So you pack a cooler to bring on to the bike, and it fit, it fit 11 of us on there, so... Me and another girl got really lucky and we sat in a part where you don't have to pedal, but I almost think that was worse <laughs> for us because they all like worked up a sweat and probably worked off some of the, um, the drinks. Yes, the, the drinks that they were partaking in. And so meanwhile, me and the other girl, we, it, it, it hit us a little bit quicker.
1: Then, well, so the other lucky. one wasn't a new mom, right? No, she okay, was not. So, so you're good. You, yeah, guys, so we were, you're, you guys had it under control.
2: And then the moment whenever you go by uh, wherever the, the, the Titans play, I forget what the name of their field is called, but whenever we're riding the bike by that, everybody gets out their phone and starts flicking off the stadium, and everybody takes the same picture oh <laughs> over my and over gosh. again. six are all Jaguar fans. They all What is hate the Jordan the LP? It's, it L-? it's now Nissan Stadium. Nissan. Okay, oh. That makes go. sense. Okay. I remember seeing that sign, but yeah, it was it was a ton of fun, and that's probably the most fun we had on the trip. But then, I mean, there's all sorts of other stuff that you know, restaurants and bars and food, and just the the people watching. It was just incredible.
1: So those are the PG stories, but certainly tune in <laughs> later to hear more of the uh, dirtier details of Blythe's bachelorette <laughs> well, madness. We'll
2: because I ain't all the details fly. <laughs> oh. <wide. laughs>
1: all right, ladies, Brazil has been hit by the Zika virus, as everyone now knows, and the Olympics, the 2016 Olympics, will be held there in Rio, Rio de Janeiro. So if you were an athlete, would you go? That question, of course, is posed by, I'm sure, tons of athletes, tons of trainers, tons of family members of athletes. And Pau Gasol, the center for the Chicago Bulls, actually has a ton of medical training. He quit medical school to join the NBA or not join the NBA, but to be able to play Mm -hmm. professional basketball. And he's certainly questioning whether he should go and play for the Spanish basketball team. So I ask y'all, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience to play in the Olympics, or potentially you may get to play a few different games over your career. But for him, he's 35, probably not going to. Would you go and risk the Zika virus, which what, it, it can lead to severe birth defects and possible neurological problems in adults?
2: If I'm Pau Gasol, I'm not going. He's played in the Olympics before for, for Spain, the, the, the country where, where he's from. And so to me, it, it's not necessarily something he's been working his whole life for. If I'm just a, I don't want to even call them like an amateur athlete, but if I'm just someone who is training my entire life to go to the Olympics, I think I make the trip regardless of the health hazards.
3: I think I would think long and hard about it. But for me, for some reason, the Olympics... I pay more attention attention to the individual athletes versus, like, the team sports. So he would be playing with the Olympic basketball team, which is awesome. But like you said, if you are, like, trying to win the gold medal in gymnastics or swimming or whatever, like, that's an individual sport and you're, you've trained your whole life, so you almost want to take the risk, whereas he plays on a team every single day. And, yeah, the Olympics is huge, but I wouldn't risk it if I were him.
1: The competitive side of me says that you have to go and take the chance because everyone around you is taking the same chance. And this is what your life has been dedicated to forever, whether it's not just the Olympics, but your sport that you have now trained and worked harder at than 99.9% of the population ever will. Pau Gasol, yes, has done it before, but at the same time, because you've done it before, there's also the memories that you create only in the Olympics. To me, there's nothing more special in sports than this beautiful game that's held once every four years that countries rally behind their athletes for to see them succeed. And, and you know, it brings such joy to sometimes war-torn countries or third world countries. Spain is one of those probably kind of in the middle, not known other than maybe soccer, not known for a ton of athletes, and so this is a big deal to that country. If the team is able to pull it out and win gold, I think I'm absolutely going. But I am luckily with Pau Gasol's knowledge, I would do as much research as as any doctor would before you go down, because I'm sure there are ways to try and help prevent the mosquitoes from attacking you. Obviously, there's bug spray and things like that, but. Do you also wear long-sleeve pants, long-sleeve shirts, almost like one of those face bandanas? You know, stay inside at all times other than... going to and from the car. I think you can do a lot more research than just, oh, there's a virus down there. Ah, I'm terrified. It's also the terrible conditions in the water as well because I think we talked a, a few months ago about how
2: some of the, I don't want to say kayakers, but the canoers that are going to be in the water, in the tainted water, I think where a tablespoon of it is said to have like record amounts of E. coli in it. So there, there's oh. dangers with, with with a lot of these Olympic events that are going on. So I think it's it's just... It's such a big risk to take, but also you've been training your entire life, and I don't think that you you miss out on the opportunity to do that for yourself for the spirit of the Olympic Games and just the the, the pageantry and the the ceremonies and, and and everything that that comes along with it, not just the athletic performance that you're that you're going to be partaking in, but everything else that that just that Olympic community. I think you you, you don't want to miss it.
1: You definitely don't want to miss it. but And then there's also, of course, that whole Olympic Village thing where uh, people, a lot of times, you know, the athletes you hear are sleeping with the other athletes and yeah. it's at a much higher level than, you know, maybe normally. Um, so you wonder... I don't even know what's going to be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is there like a way that you can pass that on the Zika virus? You know, I would assume that there is. So then that almost escalates oh, these no, risks even, as well. Especially for
2: women, just because it, th- those are the ones that th- if they get pregnant and I, I believe if they have a child, it, it creates the, the syndrome where they have a, a small head, a smaller head than what they're, they, it's an abnormal head size and it's smaller than what it no- normally should be. So I think all the women that are going, they, they have to take the proper precautions to make sure you're not getting pregnant, you're on birth control, uh, you're using condoms, you're doing everything else that they told you in high school to stay safe.
1: Well, and they said that a lot of women um, or men, too, that are going down as soon as this Olympic Games will be over, they are looking to have families. You know, a lot of times people put it off and then once the Olympics are over, then they can oh, kind of wow. start their lives over. So it's even a bigger deal for that specific group of people to be faced with something like this. I don't oh, know. It,
3: Yikes. Yeah. It, it makes me nervous for the Olympics because I'm wondering if, like, think if one huge athlete is like, you know what? I'm not going. That's going to start a ripple effect because I might be like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'll just suck it up and go. And then I hear so-and-so is not going. And I'll be like, oh, shoot. Should I not go then? I'm, I'm almost wondering if that would happen um, because it is the Olympics and a lot of athletes, Know what it's like to train their whole lives for this and then they have to rethink it because of this. So I'm hoping it doesn't create a ripple effect. I
2: think it was Roy Malkery that that said he was monitoring the situation because I believe this is the first time that golf has ever been in the Olympics. So for for him so coming from, it, uh, what is he from? Ireland. Ireland, Ireland for, for that country and their historic golf heritage, for him to not play in that, I think that would be a huge deal. But that's another one of the, like a Paul Gasol deal where it might not necessarily have to do with the person. It could have just uh, with the team Then would you sign a waiver,
1: like, I don't hold this Olympic Council liable if I get the Zika virus or if I get E. coli or if something happens to my child that's born after I've been here. I mean, the paperwork has to be incredible. You're you're essentially signing your life away and
2: future lives that come out of
1: you. And I would want to compete without doing that. Like, no, no, no. no. I'm suing if something happens to me. Yeah. Even though, yes, it's my choice to go. It's not my choice to necessarily have these conditions surrounding me. I just
3: hate that this is even a thing like yeah, the, they shouldn't have to worry athletes should not have to worry about these like there are so many other things to worry <laughs> about that it's like you, they shouldn't have to worry about their lives while well, they're We're competing. obviously
1: only focusing on the athletes but I feel bad for everyone in the community everyone.
3: who's You're having right. to deal with and this. And volunteers and people that work for the Olympics. Exactly. All, all the way from top to bottom I just I, it's crazy that they have to think about all of that. It, it
2: probably yeah, should have thought about that before they ever booked the Olympics players. Exactly. Money talks.
1: That it does. All right, we have a Twitter poll tonight. It is NBA-related. Did the Warriors win the Western Conference Finals, or did Oklahoma City choke it away? Or some version of that question <laughs> that uh, Blythe will creatively tweet out. The account is at Helmets and Heels. So, of course, you'll have to vote on that, and we'll collect your votes and give you an update throughout the show. We also have a chocolate heel to give away. That is made by Peter Brook. You'll never get a better chocolate than... The heels no produced way. by Peterbrook Chocolate. Oh my gosh, they're so good. And that, in honor of Memorial Day, we would like you to text into the 1010XL text line driven by Duval Ford. That's 904 641 1010 and nominate a veteran who deserves the chocolate heel. Give us their name and just first name's fine. And then tell us why they deserve the chocolate heel. And we will select a winner. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of really good ones. We'll pick a winner from that and let you know who won also later in the show. But coming up next, we have our weekly studs and duds. I always look forward to this. That is next on Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL 92.5 FM. Blythe, Amanda, Lauren, and Jordan here with you.
1: Murph, Donna Murphy will be back with us next week. And we have some studs and duds to get to as Tim McGraw plays in the background. I'm sure this is in honor of Blythe's Nashville. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> scooting all Stomping weekend. around. Only fell in love about five times. <laughs> oh <laughs> Only God. five? Only five. Were they all singers?
2: one of them was a singer only one <laughs> <What>? wow Was <laughs> looking right in my eyes the whole time so
3: what
1: were the other Oh.
2: I... <laughs> oh we'll
3: talk about that <laughs> later
1: that'll be in the last segment of the show after Blythe finds the fireball that jordan's has to hide each morning for the drill <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, oh. what'd you say I said it's locked away. Locked oh, away, Thank yeah. God. <laughs> All right, Blythe, who is your stud for the week?
2: My stud is a gentleman by the name of Alan Palito. He's a striker formerly of the Mexican national team and currently of the Greek club Olympicos. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Alan was kidnapped outside of a restaurant in his hometown, and he was taken to a quote-unquote safe house. And he was there for about a day, and when he said decided he had had enough— so he punched his kidnapper in the face, stole his gun, jumped out of a window and ran to the nearest police station. This is a soccer player who, who plays for Olympicos. So yeah, he's my he's my stud, which I thought was incredible to have that kind of mindset. It almost seems like a, a fake story. Yeah. yeah. I feel like
3: I've never been kidnapped before, luckily, knock on wood. But I feel like you get this sort of adrenaline rush where you'll just do anything to get away. Yeah, and I hope he, I have that if that ever happens to me, because I always get nervous about um, if I would be able to escape, you know
1: what I would do? What? Not stop talking <laughs> to the point where they literally They're so annoyed would be like, just go. Just leave. I'm going to leave that here. door unlocked. <laughs> Don't tell my, my boss, but please, for the love of God, get out of here.
2: I did have another little uh, special shout out for uh, PGA golfer, Tony Finau. Because one of his balls was hit, or it was hit astray, and it hit a girl in the face, oh, and she I had saw to get that. stitches. So whenever she got out and went to her house, he showed up. The golfer showed up to her house with flowers Aww. and candy and a get well soon card. And I guess he stayed and chatted with her a little Better bit.
1: Peterburg chocolate, if you really want <laughs> yeah, to make it up. Absolutely. So
2: yeah, I thought that that was really cool. For that you know, that happens cool. all
1: the time. So sure, I might also. They'll be like, "How did you find out where <laughs> yeah, I how live?
2: Do you know <laughs> <he> has connections. <laughs> PGA golfer. He probably makes a bit of coin. Yeah, think of golfers. uh,
1: As long as your stud is not another golfer, right? Yeah, neither is mine. Good job to Jordan Spieth. Yeah, I was proud of him. Bounce back win for him. Yeah, is that his first time winning in the state of Texas? I think. I don't know about the state of Texas. I feel like I thought he won. It is okay. I feel like I thought he won something in an amateur, but and that's where he's he's from Texas. Yeah, that was why it was a big deal. I think good for him. Okay,
3: my stud is soccer related. Cause I uh, watched I bet soccer I know who it is. this weekend. Matt Boehner. My stuff yeah. Matt Boehner. He plays for the Jacksonville Armada and he scored on Saturday night when the Armada were playing in D11. Scored a goal. He scored a goal. What else would you score? I mean. Oh, okay. I'm sorry that I have to clarify <laughs> that during a soccer game. It didn't even took me a minute. He scored a goal. You know what happens when the ball goes into the net? That is a goal. Um, and it was cool because it ended a scoring drought for the team. It was a 464-minute scoring wow. drought that the team was suffering, and he scored a goal. So it was cool. And the game ended in a draw, which isn't a loss or a win, obviously, but <laughs> a little bit better than a loss just because this team— They get one point versus zero yes. points. Yes, this which team is good. Has struggled recently, right? So I was happy for them.
1: For now, are you working the game tomorrow night? Um, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. Because the Armada the play— over. Yes, the Armada play the Charleston Battery over at JU because there's a Suns game at the ballpark. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the last time, the first and only time you'll do sidelines was this past?
3: Uh, No, I'll probably do it later on. I just have to figure out some dates.
1: Okay, gotcha. All that's right, all. sweet. Yeah. So when Amanda's out of town for the game June 11th, the match June 11th, then I'll do sidelines. Oh, yeah. Nice. So we've both learned a lot about the Armada <laughs> FC over the past week or so. Yeah, it's fun, right? It is I, fun. I mean, I grew up playing soccer, so I love it. And yeah. I don't usually get to see the games. The one that you had to work, I had to go to a family reunion, which was a blast. Um, but anyway, and I found out that a family member that I had not ever met before listens to our show. So that's kind of fun. Well, thanks. world, thanks yeah. yeah so awesome. It is a small world. I've found that out in a lot of different Actually, ways recently. You
3: would have not appreciated this, but this will hit you harder than it hit me. This is kind of sad. Um, so the Sebastian Evers is a goalie for the Armada, and it was his first start. Right. And he sprained his groin, so he's out like two to four weeks. Ugh. And
1: so I just felt so terrible for him because it was his first career start. Because was- the normal goalkeeper was down with Orlando, right?
3: No, no, no. He's there. They just made a lineup change. Oh, okay. So they threw him in um and it was his first start and then he sprained his groin. Uh-huh. I forget if it was the first or the second half, but yeah, I just I always feel so bad and he he was like crying when he came off the field. Like you could just tell he was just so frustrated because he finally got his opportunity and then
1: sprained his groin. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. One of my guy friends tried out for the Armada the first year they had tryouts. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, at the time, he's a goalkeeper. And unfortunately, at the time, he was still recovering from a knee injury, so he didn't make the team. Mm. And he always wonders, you know, what could have been. But the spring groin reminds me of a funny story. So I went to soccer camp at Florida State when I was in high school. We went to Florida one year, Florida State one year, and UCF one year. We kind of just jumped around. And the athletic trainer at Florida State was Super hot, Like, I'm talking about, like, at my age of 15, probably the hottest guy I'd ever seen in person, right? <laughs> so, of course, we're all like, what can we injure? No. <laughs> and, I, and I think, like, my friend Lauren, not me, but my friend Lauren was like, I think I'm going to sprain my groin. That'll be a good one. <laughs> I'll have to really, you know, massage my inner leg. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. You're
0: 15? I know. Already- I was
1: thinking like shoulder, like, oh, you know, that'll be a good one because it, he can't really tell if it's hurt or not right. because there's no MRI there. <laughs> but yeah, that's what she came up with, the sprained groin. I've never forgotten like how hard I laughed at the thought of her hobbling Hilarious. up and pretending to have a sprained <laughs> the groin. The glutes hurt. Right. And that's what a lot of us <laughs> said. That. A lot of the girls said that. It was really funny. All right. My stud of the week is a night not a 19, 92-year-old World War II veteran. And of course, that has a special place in my heart because my grandfather served in World War II. He threw out the first pitch before the Mariners Memorial Day game. If you haven't seen the video, he sprints out to the pitcher's mound, like sprints. It's not like a sauntering walk of a normal 92-year-old. So I thought it was fantastic. His name is Burke Waldron. He served for three years, served when uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor happened, and then um, he retired as a petty officer, second class, and I just loved it. And that throw
2: was a strike. Yeah. It was incredible.
1: It was great. I I just love everything about it, especially like I said, my grandfather served in World War II. He's ninety four. He'll be ninety five this year. He loves wearing his World War II hat, and I could totally see him doing the same thing, like jogging out there and throwing the first pitch. I loved it. God, I love so our yeah, military. thanks to everybody, right, who um who serves. Or served yeah. or fought and was killed in action. All right, Blythe, who is your dud of the week? My dud
2: is a gentleman by the name
1: of Kyle
2: Chapman. You might be asking who Kyle Chapman is. Well, he's a random guy who was ethered by the official Spelling Bee Twitter account so bad that he had to delete his account out of shame. Chapman was criticizing the Spelling Bee people for having a comfort couch and he said that the kids should be taught how to lose, only he spelled lose wrong. Oh, no. He it, Did he spell it
1: L-O-O-S-E? Yes. Yeah, he spelled it lose. Oh, loose. my no. word. And so
2: when the Spelling Bee official Twitter account corrected him, all of these other people started chiming in, and it forced him to delete his account. Like, do not come at Spelling Bee
1: Twitter unless ah! you have everything perfect. <laughs> oh, I won the awesome. Spelling Bee in fifth grade and then lost sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. <laughs> Oh. So I was only smart for one brief and period some of, the of time. Words these kids are spelling yeah. that. I've never heard. No, of. Heard most of, of them you've are. never heard of, and, and it's intentional. <laughs> and I don't know how they learn to study for that kind of stuff. All right, AB, who's your dad?
3: Okay, my dad's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. So <laughs> I'm going to say that the Durham Bulls are my dad, and this is why. Um, Our good friend Luke Bowenko got in yep. a little tweet oh, yeah, with the Durham Bulls, and I thought it was hilarious, especially if you know Luke's personality. He's very sarcastic, and um he has a funny side to him, and so he tweeted to ACC Baseball that they were holding their tournament in a Little League ballpark. So he's like, what a stupid idea to hold your tournament in a Little League ballpark. So the Durham Bulls respond, well, this, quote, Little League ballpark has seen the postseason more than you guys ever have. So then (laughs) Luke goes back to them and says, a couple more faves and you might get called up to run the Major League Twitter. (laughs) So the Durham Bulls come back with a couple more wins and you might not be arguing with the minor league baseball team on Twitter. (laughs) See, I don't think that's a dud. I think that's a stud. (laughs) Well, That's the thing. I didn't know who to pick as my dud because Luke is not the dud in this, but the Durham Uh -uh. Bulls kind of are just because they're messing with our team. And so I just thought it was, huh? hilarious
1: the Durham Bulls are the team that are that is featured in the movie Bull Durham and so it makes sense when you switch the words but a lot of people don't really think that Bull Durham was about you know a specific team I have a friend who used to work for them I loved that whole Twitter not not obviously a real fight but just a little spat I always wonder does someone that works there know Luke you know because that's something that possible he went to Virginia so he might know
3: someone that either went there or has connections to the ACC. I'm not sure, but part of me thinks no, because um, he tagged ACC Baseball in his tweet, and then ACC Baseball, they tagged Durham Bulls, and they were like, hey, Durham Bulls, like, you handle this one. And so that's how they even saw it in the first place and responded. Sure. It's, it is funny, though, that social media managers these days have to have a certain wit about them. They do. Because almost every single sports team and sometimes companies always like think about the teams that go back and forth on Twitter. Like they have to be funny, which is kind of interesting because I feel like that's one of those jobs. That it's kind of the only
2: job where you have to be funny. That's with the Jaguars in particular. They, they had somewhat of a lame appearance on, on Twitter for the longest time, and then they, they got someone else to start doing it, and that's when it really started taking off. They started going back and forth with the Panthers and other teams and calling the NFL out, and that's what fans want to see. They, they, mm-hmm. they want to see that sort of funny, witty interaction. That's what Twitter's really meant for. Twitter's meant right. for that sarcastic, witty It's humor. just crazy
3: that it's one person. Like, I was good friends with uh, the social media manager for the Team of A Lightning when I lived there, and she's hilarious. So all their tweets were fantastic and always, like, throwing other teams under the bus, but in a funny way. And then she got a fantastic promotion and moved away. And so now it's so lame. <laughs> it's so lame. And it's so sad because I'm like, oh, she was so good. And now it's just like, hey, we won. Check us out. Like, it's just not the same. It's
1: not the same. Yeah, I do think that fans are looking to connect. And a lot of, especially fans of teams that haven't been good and have been struggling, they want to have that that witty and almost uh, – edgy voice like a leg
2: to stand on right because they
1: feel like they have to defend themselves all the time you know any bar you go into not in Jacksonville Florida if someone sees that someone's a Jaguar fan the first thing they thought was you had a crappy Super Bowl and that you know your team is terrible and so you're constantly having to come you know back with sarcastic things right yeah and I think a little bit of a caustic view on things depending on what it is is great and those Managers of the social media coordinators, I think they have a tough job because they have to constantly be monitoring what someone else is doing. And then
2: if they get a little too smart, sometimes then they will get fired. I think that was the case for for somebody in oh, the state yeah. of you Texas. Have to be careful, yeah. The, he he tweeted something from like the Mavs account, and it was it was too much for for the. I think it was like a a horse getting shot or something like that. Oh. Ouch. Yeah, well, you so how he was fired. You have to
3: have a lot of trust because a lot of social media managers, it's not like someone is above them. Like, they mm-hmm. don't say, hey, can I send this tweet out? Right. No,
2: they do it all on their own.
3: So, so you have to have a
2: lot of, I guess... Trust. Yeah. yeah. Trust and... Mm-hmm. and I guess, courage because once you hit send, it's it's out there there. for the world to see.
3: I
1: think for professional teams, it's much more common for the person to have a little bit more of a license to do that. I think with colleges and universities, it's much more conservative. Oh, of course. Very different in that realm because you're talking about uh, sometimes minors, but a lot of times you're talking about athletes that are supposed to be students first Mm -hmm. keyword, you know, or phrase supposed to be. All right. My dud, this is a little bit of a story. Valentina Shvenko. I think I'm saying that right. She's an MMA fighter. Set. She's the next one set to fight Holly Holm. Mm. She and her trainer, Pavel Fadotov, were eating in Peru, a place they go to all the time, a little chicken restaurant, when two robbers or three robbers came in and held up the joint for about 1400 American dollars, the equivalent of that. Well, this guy, Pavel, had a gun on him and opened fire. And then 15 rounds were exchanged what? between the two parties. So, the trainer ended up killing one of the suspects, and he ended up with a bullet in his stomach also, and then three of the people dining were, their heads were split open by different things. Jesus, Right. So, awful situation. So, those robbers are clearly the dud in the story, and Pavel, I guess, could be the stud in theory, but you wonder, and and I'm kind of conservative when it comes to the whole gun thing, Um, you wonder if he didn't have a gun and they just had gotten away with the $1,400, whether that would have been better um, than what ended up happening. So he's not my dud, but just saying the people who were trying to rob the store with guns, of course, weapons. Um, in I thought Peru. that was going to
2: go in a totally different direction. Like she was going to fight them off or something. Oh,
1: yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, she, <laughs> she probably could have. Yeah, she might. I think she was wounded as well. Um, right. So, yeah, That's really so scary, really scary story. All right. We have some playoff talk to get to. Little NBA hoops is coming up next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dream Founders Homes on 10 XL 92.5 FM.
0: Helmets and heels. Built by Dream Finders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Ladies, basketball
1: season for the National Basketball Association is almost over. We have potentially seven more games. Potentially. We've now got the Warriors and the Cavaliers. If you had predicted before the season, I think these are the teams that you would have predicted. Uh-huh. Are you now excited for the rematch, the revenge match? I'm so excited for this rematch.
2: Because I really thought that with with OKC and, and Golden State, I thought that OKC might pull it out. But whenever we saw that, that crazy Game 6 win by, by the Warriors, it was pretty clear that the momentum had shifted to the Warriors' favor.
1: Especially since it was on the road.
2: Right. And, and with the Warriors, just, I mean, they, they were still down in the first quarter, I think, by double digits. And it, you just felt like Steph was just gonna go, Steph and Clay were gonna go off at some point during the game. And then they just start hitting the shots. And it's like, okay, in my mind, I'm almost thinking that okay well Golden State cuz LeBron and the Bulls and Michael Jordan they're they're always compared to each other LeBron and Michael Jordan in in particular so if when the Warriors beat the Bulls 72 game win record I said okay I want the Warriors to go because then I want LeBron to beat the Warriors, and then that somehow makes him better than— I mean, obviously, it makes them better than the Warriors, but it also makes him better than than Jordan. I don't know why. I just have this fascination with LeBron, but I do.
1: I knew that you were obviously going to be excited if this was the matchup because it's, a, it's an underdog versus a favorite. And it's crazy to think that LeBron has become an underdog, and the Cavaliers have, but they truly are, not just for Vegas, but anyone that watches the NBA would tell you that— Obviously, last year they lost and they didn't have as good of a season as the Warriors. And th- they also had a much easier path to get to here than the Warriors have. So, therefore, chances are everyone's picking the Warriors. But I think it's going to be so much fun to see what happens. All right. So, the Twitter poll question Did OKC choke or did the Warriors actually win the Western Conference finals? So, go ahead and vote at Helmets and Heels. Amanda Borges, you're a huge basketball fan. What do you think about this matchup?
3: I'm excited for the storyline of Steph versus LeBron because I feel like this whole, I don't know, how long has it been? Whatever. Recently, we've been talking a lot about, okay, when Steph won MVP, there was the whole debate of, well, is he really the best? What about LeBron? And then LeBron says, well, I'm the best. Look what I can do, blah, blah, blah. So I'm excited to see that kind of interleague Rivalry, I guess we can call it. Is that a rivalry? Can we call that a rivalry?
0: I think yeah. it's a
1: little bit of a rivalry. Yeah. I would think LeBron James's camp at this point would would say that this is his biggest rival, yeah.
2: especially after the remarks that now Steph Curry is considered the best basketball player in the NBA, and LeBron probably wants to have something to say about that. But I definitely think that this is anybody that thinks this is, this is the same series as last year no. um, is is hugely mistaken because. It, this year the Cavs will have back some key guys that were injured last year. Kevin Love was is one of them. like he was struggling a little bit during the Toronto series, um but they sort of got his mojo back. I think one of his teammates gave him a little bit of a pep talk. So now they they're they're all playing with chemistry. They're all playing full force. So I'm really excited to see how they're going to match up against Golden State because the, the the one thing that OKC did so well is they were physical with the Warriors, and and we hadn't really seen that. Every other team that's sort of tried to play, the Warriors have tried to play their style of game, and you can't do that. If you try to play their style of game, you don't have the shooters to match up with the Warriors, so you're going to get beat every single time. So it was good to see that, that sort of layered basketball, you know, with the rebounding and the dunks that, that were coming from OKC and, and the physical play that, that we that we don't really see from a finesse team like the Warriors. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how the Cavaliers address that situation because we have seen them sort of adapt that that Warrior style of play and they're increasingly shooting more threes, but they're also the best, the, the second best three shooting team in the league compared to the Warriors. Obviously, they're number one.
1: Yeah, last year the one of the major storylines was the fact that LeBron James was worn down, and because they didn't have Irving and Love, they were able, the Warriors were able to triple team LeBron. Well, obviously LeBron can't withstand that, and he can't do it game in and game out. So you've got that kind of to watch. Is is what did those two? contribute this year. And then you've also got can anyone defend Steph Curry or Klay Thompson when it comes to three-point shots? They you watch these games and they teach you when you play basketball, put your hands up, get in their face, don't let them shoot, you know, or at least don't let them shoot a clean shot. Those guys, it doesn't matter if someone's in their face. It doesn't matter if they're stepping back and they're off balance. They freaking just make three-point shots. So clearly that's going to be a huge part of it is is can they figure out some way to play defense against that three? Um, I have a couple numbers that I wanted to share with you all that I found really surprising about um, this particular, some of these players in this series. So Curry's salary this season, $11.4 million dollars that ranks 61st in the oh, NBA. Oh my gosh. And 5th on his own team. If you would ask somebody walking down the street who's the highest paid player in the NBA, you're giving me the three highest paid players, guarantee they'd say LeBron, Steph Curry and name somebody else. Right. And then on the opposite side, LeBron James's salary, 22.97 million and you'd think, all right, LeBron's got to be the top in the league, right? Or at least only second to Kobe Bryant. Derrick Rose, maybe? Nope. Kevin Durant. Nope. Miami Heat's Joe Johnson What is above what? LeBron What about Carmelo? Where's Carmelo on that? I, it, I don't have the full list. Oh, okay. I just have those ones. What? Yep. And then um, this, this number's fun to me. $587 million is how much LeBron has earned in both salary and endorsements since he was drafted number one overall by the Cavs in 2003. And, you know, he just
2: signed that deal with Nike, a lifetime deal reportedly worth a billion dollars. Right.
1: Yep. And then um, a billion dollars is exactly the projected cost of the Warriors' new arena, Chase Center, which is scheduled to open in 2019. So those are just a couple fun things that I thought. um, But as far as... uh, you know, it's one other battle that is going to be fun to watch. This is going to be Clay Thompson versus J.R. Smith in that shooting guard role. Yeah. Um, J.R. Smith did a terrible job defending him last year, but he's gotten better defensively this year. So I think there's all sorts of what's what makes this so fun, the series so exciting to watch is there's all sorts of different things to watch. It's not just and Steph Curry and LeBron James obviously don't play the same position, right? So it's not just LeBron versus Steph as far as in their roles. And then who cares what the other four players are doing? It's really going to be battles at different positions. And then the to me, the lingering question. And if I'm a Warriors fan, what makes me terrified is, is Steph Curry really 100% healthy or can he stay 90% and above health-wise for this series and this duration just because if something happens to him, can they still beat the Cavs? I mean, I don't know. So, Blythe, I think prediction a time. Of, I, oh. Who's who's going to win? I want the... I, I, I know want who the, you want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say the Cavs in six. Okay. Alright. Amanda? Warriors for you, sure. Warriors for sure. No doubt. Does it go all the way or do they win yeah. before that? Yeah? yeah? You're going to say in seven? Yep. Okay. And I'll say the opposite. I'll say Warriors in six. I think the Warriors have now beaten the the other two best teams in the NBA, in the Spurs and the Thunder. And I think the way that they did it in that true comeback fashion, being down three to one, I think now they know – this is our series to take. We've already done everything right Mm -hmm. in defeating Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, and especially the fact that they kind of called out Steph Curry's defense, which, by the way, if you've watched any NBA, like, can you not call out anyone's defense on certain nights? I mean, come on, they're not really. They, they laughed. That Westbrook hard. laughed. They did. about it, and I then Steph it.
2: came back out, and Steph was. Um, I've never seen him really talk a lot of trash. Yep, he was talking trash, talking trash to the OKC fans, throwing up seven after Game Six that, because they were going back for Game Seven. I mean, he was really giving it to them, and after he hit some shots, you know, I'm back. <laughs> I I, dig I like that. that. I like this other yeah, like side of Steph,
1: especially because he's known as such a good guy. All right, question: If you are Kevin Durant for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do you you're gonna become a free agent? Do you stay in Oklahoma City? Stay in the city you love, stay for a coach who I assume now you love because I love him and Billy Donovan. Stay with, you know, all the things that you've known, the pieces that this team has been built up with, or do you shop around and see what you can land outside? The projection is that if he stays with the Thunder, he'll be paid $149 million over five years. And if he goes elsewhere, it would be a projected $111 million over four years. So see, to me, you're not really talking about a massive amount of money different.
2: Well, you know? the, the, the thing with the NBA is that the salary cap is going up and it's going up massively over the next two years. So what that what I've I've heard is actually Durant is going to sign a one-year deal, probably stay in OKC to right. continue playing with with Westbrook and then get that additional year as a, as a player option and then figure out what Westbrook is going to do. Because these guys have played together, I think, for eight years now. So I don't know that Durant can go anywhere else and find the situation that he's in currently with the head coach, with the guys surrounding him. They do need another piece on on OKC to just get give them an added depth, especially at the three. But... I think that it, Durant' his best case scenario is to stay with OKC, feel it out, especially over the next couple years. I mean, this is still one of the youngest teams in the league. I think yeah. they're, the the oldest people on the team are, are 27 years old. So They still have a few more years to keep this thing together. And, I mean, where else is he going to go? Is he going to go to Miami? He could go to the Warriors Boston? if he wants a title. No, the, I don't think the Warriors have enough cap space to, in order to pay because all their other guys are coming up on a new contracts within the next year or so, too. So I don't think that he can fit monetarily in there because so many guys are going to be wanting to get paid over the next two years. So if he stays gets the gets the max deal for 1 year with a player option and then does the same thing again. I think that's really where he's going to probably make I don't know 30 million, 40 million dollars a year.
1: Yeah, the projected salary cap for next year is 25.9 million. Can you imagine signing a contract? I would no. say just because like I said, I think I I would love Billy Donovan as a coach. Right. I loved him as Florida's coach. I would I would I like kind of knowing where things are in my town. I like knowing that I have friends on the team. I, I'm just, a, I like being comfortable if it's also going to be successful. And to me, the thing that would really keep me in OKC, whether it's one year or whether it's five years, especially for the one year, is they were this close to tasting victory. You know, 90 they, seconds away. They had it, right. And so how can you not go back and say now we Next know what to year. do, and I can't walk away without knowing full well that I gave it my all here. I mean,
2: they arguably took the, the best team in NBA regular season history to seven games within 90 seconds of winning. And it, I mean, they were just, uh, you know, Clay Thompson, you know, shot a bunch of threes in game six and miraculously won the game for them. Um, so I, I, I don't think that you'll find a better situation if you're trying to win, if you're trying to get paid, if you're trying to play with guys you like and you're trying to play with a good coach. I just don't see why you leave OKC.
3: Yeah, I don't see why he leaves either, especially because he's in a leadership role. like He is the leader on that team, so you don't know if you're going to have that if you go somewhere else. And I right. think sometimes that speaks volumes because it almost it feeds the ego that you think that you have if you're someone like Kevin Durant. Um, so I don't know, but I don't know how loud money speaks for him. I
1: have no idea. Well, the good news for him is he'll get paid no matter where oh, he yeah. goes. It's just a matter of figuring out what he wants to do. Um, if it was me, I, I would kind of question. I could leave Oklahoma City and go to like Boston or Chicago. I mean, maybe a little change of cold, pace would cold. Yeah, yeah, those would be cold. But yeah, LA maybe Miami. I mean, I don't know, right? Any
2: of those places? Maybe the Clippers. I just don't. I just don't see it anywhere else. But unless you're going to a good organization
1: like Boston or like Miami. Speaking of playoffs, the NHL, they are also in playoffs. But we have a story that's not exactly about on the ice play. What does a playoff beard and a cat have to do with each other? We will tell you that next. You are listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL92.5FM.
0: You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Fly the Amanda,
1: Lauren, and Jordan along with you until 9 o'clock. The hours seem to fly by here on Tuesday nights. We are Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. I thought the strangest story that I would hear today would be about a beard and a cat but apparently I love beards and I love cats, but apparently not. Um, there are some other stories floating out there that are even stranger, but let's stick to the sports related ones. So this gentleman, Joe Thornton Thornton Thornton. I don't know. Why I had to stretch that out. That's my, that's my silly speak Thornton. Um, he is in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He plays for the Sharks, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it the Penguins? Sharks. I think I don't even know, I but don't even know. he has a massive playoff beard. I think it's the Sharks because and I think the
3: reason why he grew it out is because this is the first time they've ever made it to the playoffs.
1: That sounds about right,
2: and him too. He's he's played in the league for a long time, and this is his first. Yeah, time he looks like
1: it. he's he's probably what mid to late thirties. Oh, late thirties. Yeah. So he has this crazy 36. beard. Thirty-six. Okay, yeah. And um, I was about to be like, yeah, oh, way older than me. <laughs> 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 Not exactly, but either way, the point, One of his teammates actually helps him put the oils and comb through no, his beard. He yes, he doesn't. He yes, just gives he does. him advice on what Brett to burns. use. And he also, yeah, he
2: said he also helps him. Mm. He, he gets him essential oils, is yeah. what he calls them. And he says the beard upkeep is, is really intense. He has to comb it out in the morning. Oh, yeah. Th- this is a real thing. I have experience <laughs> with beards. <laughs> And uh,
3: and not so, on her own face. No, 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 I don't have a beard and I never have had a beard. Um, I just felt like I needed to clarify. Yeah, I, I have experience with beards. And what kind <laughs> of put oil is your it? Resume? Is it like share serum? No, it's beard oil. It's a specific, like, <laughs> pe- oh my gosh, these beard oil companies make so much money because men that have beards are very, they're almost like girls with their hair, mm-hmm. so they're like. I need to condition it, I need to wash it, I need to put oil and protect it and I want it to be soft and I want to comb it out. And if a hair falls out, oh my gosh, I'm gonna freak out because my beard hair is falling out. And if there's one little gray hair, like you better like tuck it in, but don't pull it out. Like just tuck it in a little bit. It's Speaking a, from experience. <laughs> um well yes. Very close experience. <laughs> Face did you
1: ever have to massage what? this no. beard like and no. put oil
3: in it? No, I just dealt with a lot of online shopping for beard oil and any time we passed a store with said beard oil, we had to stop. And said person probably had a whole cabinet full of beard oil. When
2: he scratched it, <sighs> mm-hmm. did it sound weird? Because um, that yeah, the, the distinct sound of yeah. mm-hmm. beard scratching. Well, and well, beard it, hair it sounds is like very... something else. It sounds like you're scratching somewhere else. <laughs> oh. And it's the same sound. Well, I it's, swear to you. It's because beard hair is
3: very coarse. So it's not soft, which is what the beard oil is for. Because the beard oil is supposed to make it soft. Anyway, let's get back on topic and talk about why this hockey player has a beard.
1: Well, has the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, he's a beard guy. Okay. Okay. It's a playoff beard. But his but cat the... lives in it, or something. <laughs> the cat does not live in the beard. He said at the very end of his press. Little interview with the media that his cat is now fond of playing with the beard. Oh, and what I was thinking when Blythe said she loved the story, and I was thinking that Amanda, you should get him to tweet videos of the cat <gasps> playing with the beard because yes. your cat plays with your hair, hair on your head. Yes,
3: my cat in the morning <laughs> tries to wake me up and he basically like combs my hair with his nails. So I think but you should not, not this in a guy, nice way. That's right, very a <laughs> That's very aggressive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is very aggressive, and she has proof on her legs of her cat biting her. But yeah, either way, I, the whole thing was I wanted okay. you to then oh. send to Joe Thornton video of your cat and what he did to your hair, so then maybe this guy will actually send out a picture of what his cat does to his beard. His beard, okay.
2: The press conference is great if you have time to watch it. It was funny.
1: Oh, right. I... I'm not sure there's a transition to the next story, so I'm actually going to skip to a different story. Um, We'll get back to those in a little bit. But uh, reminder, if you want to win the Peterbrook Chocolate Heel, all you have to do is text in to the 1010XL text line driven by Duval Ford. That number is 641-1010. Nominate a veteran who you believe deserves to win the heel, and then just tell us why. It can be nice and short, and just give us their first name so we can choose a winner a little later on in the show. All right, so speaking of the media and that kind of thing, Mets Matt Harvey decided last Tuesday not to meet with the media after he had a particularly rough outing with or against the Nationals. So what happened was, then his catcher, Kevin Ploiecki, has to get up and talk to the media and explain why Harvey was pitching so poorly. Harvey's ERA, by the way, is 602. Worse than the majors, I think. Yeah. So for the first time in in his entire career, he's struggling. He doesn't want to talk to the media, and especially the New York media. But how do you ladies feel about how he handled the situation?
3: I understand frustrated athletes. Like I I don't personally understand, obviously, because I haven't been there, but I— respect when you get upset that you don't perform. How you were never you...
1: interviewed after your flag football games? Oh, yeah, I was
3: all the time. We had press conferences. Um, the thing I don't like about it is, selfishly, that makes my job really difficult. Because if I'm a media member sitting in on the press conference and I need to speak with Matt Harvey for whatever reason, um, and he is not speaking, but I do I do see both sides of it because who wants to talk when they're pissed off nobody and athletes are human beings so there's really no exception however that is a part of the job
2: um so i don't know i guess i see both sides sort of in the same boat. I see both sides and I think this is sort of reminiscent of, you know, Cam Newton whenever he yeah. had that that horrible one of the the worst losses, probably the worst loss in his entire career. And Matt Harvey is one of those guys. He's always been seen as the guy and one of the faces of the franchises for for the Mets and he's been injured on and off for throughout his career and this was like his first year I think that he was really going to have be healthy and have a clean slate and and, and sort of his first chance to dominate and to struggle the way that he is in a game that's so mental. It's such a grind day in and day out. I I, I feel him on that he doesn't want to talk to the media right now, not in the heat of the moment. I still think that he should uh, uh, sort of play up to his responsibilities and still talk to the media, but maybe the next day. I don't know if the— If it's in their contract or or whatnot that they have to speak to the media immediately following a game, but I think if, if there was some kind of break given to these guys that they they could take the night off and to think about their responses, then they might come back with something a little bit more thoughtful than you know probably one word answers, which is
1: what we got out of Cam. To me, there's a few things that define this in the way that it should be. He's a professional. I don't care about what happens when you pitch a bad game in high school or in college or if you never go to college and, you know, you played in the minor leagues. You're now a professional. That entails you getting paid a heck of a lot of money. It entails you getting the best possible training. You get the best possible teammates surrounding you. And you now put one of your teammates into a situation that he does not deserve, And catchers have to be very careful as to what they say because that's a special relationship between the pitcher and the catcher. So now you've thrust him into something that he was not prepared for at all, whereas you should have been prepared for it. Yes, you could have gone in there and given, even though it's terrible, given these awful answers and been done with it, but at least then you don't get criticized. Or if you get criticized, it's only a little bit. I think he refused to go in there because he knows how— aggressive this particular media market is and he knows that they've been calling him um, I shouldn't laugh but they he knows they've been calling him fat Harvey because he gained weight you know and he's not playing well and he knows what he's about to get asked but you still have to have enough of a steel resolve and I said the same thing about Cam Newton you have to have enough of of the wherewithal to say bite your tongue and give them what they deserve even if it's not the best stuff, even if they can't really use anything, you have to you have to do what you would expect them to do, which is their job. That is part of your job.
2: I would just hope that there's some kind of a, a, a compromise where he can get maybe an hour or two after the game and then go speak to the media. Let him sort of gather himself first. I didn't agree with, with the with the way that. Uh, it, it, with Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, how he would meet 10 minutes after he just had the crushing loss of his career. He has to go out and answer questions. And that he could he, overhear players talking poorly right, about I, him. I think that there's there's a good compromise between the two that you can still hold on to your obligations, but still have that breathing room and that breathing time to mentally sort of grasp the situation and and he has access to, you know, all the best facilities and the professors and advisors in the world. So get that PR crafted response and, and answer the questions that you assume that they're going to be asked and then just go about with your business because putting that on a teammate is not fair at all.
1: No, but the one thing I would say, and Amanda can certainly attest to this, if you have to wait two hours after a game for a player, You've Remember, you've gotten there usually two plus hours before the game. Now you're talking about, more. right, and then you're talking about you have deadlines to be able to submit, especially mm-hmm. if it's a print type of thing. So you can't really ask people to completely change their schedules on those kinds of situations. Well, then put it off to the next situation. I think you have, to, you have to work with these guys. And but the media has to get something out. So that's, I think, the pushback. And at that point, like I said, just go in there and, and answer. Yeah, it was awful. That's it. But, but at least it's respectful to the media, because as much as you may hate them, they are helping your team. They are getting publicity to your team day in and day out on a 162 baseball game grind. Yeah, but in
2: the grand scheme of things, you're not thinking about that after you're career, you're que- you're probably questioning a lot of things about your own career, not about the state of the franchise or the state of the game and how the media helps you and all that. You're just thinking about how you're going to make it to your next start and how are you going to fix the problems that you have going on right now. So I think if you just, if, if the media is, I would imagine the media is pretty understanding. I don't know about up in a more aggressive market like New York, but- I don't, if I'm him, I don't care about your deadlines. If, if you want to talk to me, talk to me on my terms, unless it's written in my contract that I have to talk to you a certain amount of time after every game. If I don't have to talk to you, I'm not talking to you.
1: <laughs> but I, you obviously have to or else the story wouldn't have circulated. It just would have been he declined to comment. But it wouldn't be that he refused to speak to the media.
2: Right. It could. It, he just could take a Media is changing so much now. He could just take a different route and maybe go to like the, the Players' Tribune and talk to them and, and put his own words out there in his own voice instead of going through a third party where your quotes might get misinterpreted or they might get taken out of context or... I don't know. I, I just think it's it's, it's a weird love hate relationship in a big market like New York or like Boston or L A, where the media is incredibly more uh, aggressive.
1: Yeah, I just can't imagine if Amanda made a mistake on her job, then people asking me, "Well, why did she make that mistake? Why why was that awful?" You know, I don't know. I was at performance her. bad. but yeah. you, uh, if all of a sudden she's like, "I can't do this," and then it's me faced with it, then all of a sudden I'm like, "Well, I I." I mean, she tried hard, you know, like there's no good position for me to be put in or there's no answers I can be put in. Right. Or I can answer in that position. And I think that's the only part that I have is it's not like the media had to walk away and they just, you know, didn't get quotes. They then had to talk to somebody else. And that's when the catcher gets put in that awful Mm -hmm. position. Mm Because I tell you what, he's the angriest person out there. You know, in those types of situations, if the pitchers throwing wild fair. pitches. No, it's not fair. And that's the thing, right? Like you have to you have to be aware of your role as a teammate, too, whether it's in on the baseball field, in the locker room or when it comes to press conferences. Sure. So that's how I feel, at least. All right. Let's get to a little uh, sad and tragic and traumatic stuff with probation talk when it comes to Baylor and Ole Miss. That is next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL and 25 FM. <laughs>
0: Jaguars football, by women, for women, and men. Helmets and heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM.
1: We have so much stuff to talk about. We haven't even mentioned Jags are undergoing a- OTAs right oh, now, okay. organized team activities. Wait, little uh, Julius Thomas getting in good rhythm with Blake Bortles. That was the news of the day. What? What, Amanda? What can I help Um you? I just found something that Blake, Blake,
3: <laughs> that Blythe will really enjoy. Oh, oh, maybe Blake too. Who knows? Maybe Blake. Maybe he's into this. I don't know. Um, there's a, a new Star Trek swimsuit line. Oh, yeah. I already tweeted that out on Guy's Girl oh, account. <laughs> okay. Well, never mind. I'm late to this party, so moving on. But I'm not really a, a Trekkie. Oh.
2: I'm more, um, more Star, Star Wars. Wars. Oh, sorry. But that, apparently those two uh, nerd fan bases face off a lot. My mom is a Trekkie. Big time uh, Trekkie. Okay, but I just well, never really caught on to it.
1: Too bad Mother's Day's already happened. Or else uh, you could have bought her a Star Trek bikini.
2: You should have seen our, our Christmas setup. She has an entire pool table where she makes this Christmas village. And then flying over the village is about 30 Star Trek ships. It's a very nice, stereotypical wow. Christmas village. And then Star Trek <laughs> ships flying across it. It's pretty fabulous.
1: It sounds like if you're into that, it, it would be. Um, <laughs> I don't know. How they're, Even if you're I not, there's, say there's little, you know, <laughs> I
2: don't know, Ferris wheels and little villages, you know, people ice skating and, you know, Christmas stuff. Sure, yeah. And then Star Trek. Your family really gets <laughs> into it,
1: which is which is fun. I love that. All right, a topic that's not fun, Baylor. So I think everyone thought that at this point we would have a lot more information regarding the Baylor Mess The disaster that it is. But last week, their reports were virtually anonymous as far as the people who committed the crimes, the administrators who were or should have been doing their jobs who weren't. All that's kind of left out. There's no dates. There's no times. There's really nothing of substance in these reports that they released. There were two different ones. So, Now that we know all the things that that have gone wrong, specifically, and and these to me are the worst, the administrators who fail to take appropriate action to respond to reports of sexual assault and dating violence committed by football players, how on earth can that exist at a school after we've seen what happened at Penn State and all of the, you know, Awful things that that people now think when you hear Penn State or Nittany Lions and you know the Godfather of college football and Joe Paterno, people will never get that out of their mind. So how could this happen with people knowing and looking the other way? Is this is this something that is now just the culture of college football and it happens more often than we want to admit, or is this is this truly a a problem that Baylor has? I think it's a little bit
2: of both. Um, I definitely think that this is a, a, a systematic failure. From the, the school admins to the coaching staff to the players to everyone involved, to even to the, the police force in, in the Baylor community, I think that it was a systematic cover-up to to protect the, the the number one money driver, and that is football. And I think that college football in particular, when it's the only thing going in what usually are, are small towns, it has a lot of power and it has a lot of influence. And you have to, quote-unquote, protect that investment and so I do think that this is a, a, a systematic problem across all small towns in where football dominates. But I do think that a lot of these just egregious actions and, and, and cover-ups and— and, and, and everything else that we don't even know yet because they're so just vague in their reports that they, that they've released. And this investigation has been going on for a couple years now. Um, so I, I, I think that this is a systematic problem at Baylor, but I also think that this is a cultural problem. Maybe not to the extent that, that Baylor has, but a cultural problem across all of college football. I don't know that this, Sort of situation happens years over years of time, or even the the Penn State situation happens years over years of time at say you know uh, Miami or at uh, USC you know somewhere where the the media market is a little bit bigger and a little bit more aggressive, where this sort of thing doesn't get swept under the rug. I think with Baylor we're, we're seeing that everybody was involved in this cover up, and it's a shame whenever student safety is sacrificed for the dollar.
3: Yeah, all of that makes sense and you're right but there's there are so many other things like i feel like it's not just one thing that went wrong or like one reason why this was covered up i also feel like it was um so like sometimes you get so into a lie that it's just like it it goes so deep so it's hard to then backtrack and be like, "Oh, well, actually let's fix this." And so, I think and I don't know this for sure, but I feel like some people that were involved in the cover-up kind of got sucked in without even really wanting to be. And that makes none of this right. None of this is right. Um but I truly hope it's not a college football culture thing. Although I do understand that coaches do what they have to to protect their players because it's like their kids almost. So I get it. But it's just disgusting. It's
1: so disgusting. The one thing I'll disagree with you and I, and I don't even know that you meant to it like that. But when you say like parents protecting their kids. Or a coach protecting his players like their kids. I think if you found out your son or daughter did one of these crimes, I think you would do the opposite. Or I hope you the parents should would do, do the opposite, opposite yes, of trying to cover it up. Yeah, and instead try to make the situation right. So I I I don't think the the coaches are covering up for the players as if they're their kids. I think it's much more a a coach covering up for a player because it relates to their job. Yes, right. and is this epidemic in college football? Absolutely, but I think to lesser degrees. I do not think at most good Division I college football programs, there are people that are hiding and ensuring that sexual assault never comes to the public eye. I I don't believe that at all. I think most programs are built by people who got there the right way. The athletic director at most places is there not because they, at any point in time, were related to any scandal, right? So they obviously have done the right things, or at least you certainly hope. The, it was the player earlier in this football season that Boise State had let go,
2: and then Baylor decided to sign him. But there was a few colleges that were interested in getting this player, and I'm blanking on his name. But Boise State, speaking of colleges that actually go above and beyond, they reached out. They reached out to the Gators. They reached out to a few other teams and told them, No, these are the issues with this player. He's had previous domestic violence issues. This is why we cut him from our team. Baylor says that they didn't know about it, but why would Boise State tell every other school except for Baylor. It was either Baylor not doing their due diligence or just turning a blind eye for the sake of wins. And this is a this is a program that was largely ignored for, for generations. And then they finally got a little bit of notoriety and they let it go to their head. And you have all of these kids that are coming from all over the country to go to a school here. And here you are, you're denying... The, the women of to, to get their their proper investigation you're almost creating an environment where they're you're retaliating against them I believe it was a scholarship student a scholarship female athlete that she chose to leave Baylor because of this incident and she it, it, she's has to leave not the not right. the player in question she has to leave and that to me is just completely it's just if if that doesn't speak volumes of a systematic issue across the board in the city, in the
1: town of Baylor, then I don't know what else does. Well, and and the question then becomes, all right, so what should they do? What happens in a situation like this? I think you clean house, you clean house top to bottom. And that's, they're they're making sweeping changes at Baylor, obviously. They say that, but point, they release reports without anybody's names on them. But nobody's, they don't even list the people who have gotten let go. Right. Well, like the football coach, Art Bryles, right. he was suspended with intention to terminate. I don't know why you don't just terminate instead Fire of going him. through all that. But Yesterday. either way, yeah, he's gone. They have a new head coach now, you know, used to coach Wake Forest and Jim Grobe. They've let go lots of different personnel, and then also now the AD stepped down. I guess that was his choice. I don't even understand how that's possible. But what should happen overall? To me, it's not even probation. It's find out if there's anyone on the coaching staff or any of the players that are currently in school who are involved with this. If the answer is yes, anyone from, from any of the administration, whether it's athletic trainers, whether it's literally anyone in the athletic department, down to the players, then the football program is canceled for, and you give me a year, two years, it doesn't matter. It's canceled for that long. And it
2: has to be a third-party investigation. Baylor can't do this investigation themselves or the NCAA. No, this
1: company, Pepper Hamilton, had had come in and— Who hired them? and The NCAA? I believe Baylor hired them. Which See, is, that's
2: what I don't get. How can you hire your own company to investigate you? Well, and I could be wrong. Well, apparently uh, they, they hired them because they had yeah, done their hired own by Baylor. investigation. Yeah. And they were getting criticized for it because of it, it was lackluster. And it yeah. was obviously very vague. So they hired Pepper, Pepper Hamilton to come in. And I guess he just ethered the, the entire school. So now there's like all these other schools that are probably saying, no, we definitely don't want you to come investigate us because there's probably not on the level of Baylor's uh, errors. But I, I would imagine that there's definitely some other issues. I mean, we, we saw with Ole Miss over the weekend that they released their they're they're losing 11 scholarships or something. They released that story on a Friday night of a holiday
1: weekend. How convenient. Yeah. With the wake of all this stuff going on, with Baylor, if there are no players and no administrative personnel still left from the time that any of these incidents happened, then I think you can take a lesser stance because these people didn't do any of the crimes. They didn't. What? They, they are not they Aren't are they not almost the ones guilty by
2: association like to, to me with, with the the situation with Bailey like everyone's guilty. and in, in my mind everyone's guilty if you didn't
1: know if you knew and didn't say anything you're guilty yeah like- sure sure but i don't know that i can 100% say that 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 is still the case i don't know how long ago they feel like these incidents happened but speaking of all this it was interesting yes the timing of when they released mm-hmm. that And also, they chose to self-impose, what was it, a total of 22 scholarships over uh, three years, over three recruiting classes. That's not that many in the grand scheme of things when they had, oh gosh, 154-page response, which means you're really having to um, do some hardcore defending of yourself if you have to write that much. So they doctored ACT scores. The boosters gave all sorts of things that they shouldn't. And, of course, the current head football coach and Hugh Freeze denies that he knew that any of that of was going on and that they're not really, which they are totally, Ole Miss and Hugh Freeze are totally responsible for what the boosters do. They say, well, that's, you know, we don't know what they do. That's on them. No, you're 100% responsible for what your boosters do. That is part of the job. You have to give seminars and and educate your boosters on what they can and can't do but the boosters
2: have been around for years and they'll be out there they were probably there before the head coach they'll be there after the head coach so they even if Hugh Freeze wanted to to sort of you know rein in the issues that were going in at all Miss he's probably not going to have any doubts because these guys will say yes to your face and then do a hundred dollar handshake behind your back
1: yes but I think it that comes in recruiting too you you know the type of people that you're recruiting. You spend a lot of time with your players, at least I should say the ones that are going to be the key components of your team and the ones that you are going to recruit the hardest. And you know,
2: five star athletes that are turning down Alabama and Auburn to come to Ole Miss. There's a little bit of a red flag there. Exactly. This Years is ago, why there it was. goes back to small schools. Football towns that only have one thing you, that that's to me. If if I'm a parent and I'm sending my kid to college, I'm taking a second glance if that if football is the only thing that they have going on in that town.
1: But even we looked at you know different Louisville. That's not the only thing going on in Louisville at all. But yet that was a massive scandal with you know with the basketball team. So I, I think it. I understand where you're coming from, as far as it can seem more treacherous to send your kid to a small town that is overrun with a very powerful football program. But I think it can happen anywhere. The scary part is when, and going back to Baylor, they tried to come out and you know in their report and say, "Well, we're a Christian school, and and mm. we believe this Christian mission." You haven't even taken accountability yet for all of these horrendous actions that have happened and now you're going to stand on that to me that was the one of the worst parts of all of it and not yeah. that all miss has anything to do with that but to me, I think Ole Miss probably needed to do more than they actually did, and and I think the NCAA will come back and end up taking more action on them. And and to me, the, the situations that
2: have gone on at Ole Miss are, are much more prevalent across the board, college football-wise, than the, the situation
1: that's going on with Baylor. The only thing that really bothered me about what the Rebels did was the fact that about doctoring ACT scores. I hate the idea that one kid doesn't get to play on a football team when he actually did his homework and another kid gets you know somebody else completely sports, making up though. their score. Yeah, but I'm I college am sport. I am going to be almost naive here and say that that you really should focus at least a portion of your life on academics. I agree, one hundred percent. And I understand that. Yes, that's not why kids are going to play college football. The really good ones, yeah, they're, they're, they're going not. there to play in the NFL. I I totally understand. But if you're doing that as a coach, then you're never teaching that player the lesson that, oh, yeah, by the way, there is more to life than football. At some point in your life, you are going to have to understand how certain things work, and football is not going to teach you that. You would
2: hope that a lot of the coaches are like that, but let's be honest, a good majority of them are not. They care about wins,
1: and they care about their job and getting to the next level. Sure. The best coaches, though, realize that they are teaching men and women, of course, in in non-football sports, and and creating a person, helping to create a person – who will hopefully do far more than just the next few years in a sport. Again, I know I sound naive in that, but I I really truly hope that at least the players at some point in their careers realize how important and valuable the academic portion is. Even I'm not saying they have to be studying all the time, just that they value the education that they're getting. And that's the one thing that really bothered me about Ole Miss – does it bother me that a booster gave a loaner car, potentially, this player or that it's player? some rent or oh. so. or, they, right, or they paid somebody's child support. That does not bother me. Should they be punished? Absolutely. It's against the rules. But that's the only part well, of it. Well,
2: apparently, the way they were doing it is they were sending students to, like, a random county far away from Ole Miss to take their tests. And if they didn't know the answer, they just put it blank. And so then, the, apparently, it, from what the allegations say, the, the person that was watching over the test takers— was then paid to answer the questions for them that they left blank
1: what if you're the the person watching over and you didn't know the answer <laughs> I mean, Does obviously mean they me? have the answer book, I'm Google, guessing, but I like, um, yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, that kid was supposed to pass. Like, whoops, sorry. Whoops, Apparently see. I didn't brush up on my calculus like I should have. <laughs> all right, that's enough probation talk. I want to give a chocolate heel away, so we will do that coming up next. And uh, we have some fun Memorial Day weekend stories for you, as well as the first woman to manage a baseball team. We will tell you all about that when we return. You're listening to Helmets and Heels. Built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: Girls just want to talk football. More helmets and heels. Built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. Now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right,
1: ladies, we have a few updates to give. I want Blythe to update everybody on the Twitter poll responses. And then Amanda is going to tell everybody who won the chocolate heel from Peterbrook Here, It is so delicious. I know that Craig will enjoy it, but tell everybody who won.
3: Craig Fuller is the winner of our Peterbrook Chocolate Congratulations, Heel. Congratulations,
1: Craig. So uh, how does he come pick it up? So he just comes to the station during regular office hours, business hours, 8 to 5. And Jordan will text him? And, um, nope. Uh, oh. I don't know exactly how she notifies him. Oh, well, I already, <laughs> I already let him know. <laughs> I think you text him, like, yeah, on the text line. That's yeah, right. know, yeah, exactly. I thought you meant, like, does Jordan whip out her phone no! and text him? I heard, got his personal number and am him a, a reminder. <laughs> that's what I was like. Oh, wait, what? Congratulations, no. Craig. And, um, Jordan, do you want to tell everybody why he was the winner? Yeah, he had a friend uh, that served back in Vietnam and he worked on a ship and pretty much it was a really cool story because his friend worked on the pipes and maybe sort of behind the scenes, not really an infantry person or somebody that's out there that's seen. And so it's a reminder that, you know, on Memorial Day, on Veterans Day, this this is a day for people that are also behind the scenes. And I thought that was really cool because. You know, it's important for his friends. So I like that. Certainly. Yeah. Excellent nomination. We love our military and the way they always say it. uh, We are the land of the free because of the brave. All right, Blythe. Tell us about the Twitter poll results. We got a battle going on. It's pretty conflicted. Did the Warriors win the finals or did OKC choke
2: it all away and the Warriors are actually winning 52%. So the Warriors are winning the finals and they're also winning or winning the Western Conference finals. <laughs> Let me correct that.
1: Um, oh, and they're, they're also winning win. in the poll. Oh, we'll, see. Win. we'll see. We'll see. you are going to win. No. Do you want really, to bet on it? I don't because I think this is one of the most, um, the most evenly matched series that we'll see as much as I I have so much faith in Steph Curry and Clay Thompson as far as their shooting abilities. At the same time, you never know what's going to happen. It's going to be such There's, a crazy—it's going to be a great, great Yeah, so Thursday, 9 o'clock, tune in to the first game of the finals. Speaking of bets, by the way, yeah. I wonder if I should make
3: Lauren live up to her bet when we're um, at Whiskey Jacks with a bunch of Seminoles.
1: I wonder if I should— <laughs> whip out my uh, Seminole shirt and make her wear yes! it then. something tells me I'll be sick that night. <laughs> that's, that's June 14th if you want to come join us at Whiskey Jacks we'll yeah. have Telvin Smith live that's the plan at least yes he and, will be there. Um, and if I hear the, the Seminole fight song too many times I literally will walk out and leave but I have no problem honoring the bet that night it's perfectly really? fine oh. when you lose you lose and I'm, I'm an extremely competitive person oh, wow. and I'm not a sore loser so. Well, I'm so glad you're doing this
2: bet six months after you were supposed hey, it is my I, fault really it's my say, fault but i listen. can't wear
1: florida
3: state soap because
2: <laughs> i don't own it
3: right it is my fault i will take the blame on that but because i'm such a good person i will not make you do it then because if you made me do something like that i would never recover from that
1: yeah i mean it's all in fun and games because it's not football season right now and so but that's why it doesn't bother still, me as much if yeah, i ever me, put I get
3: it. a a blue, an orange and blue shirt on, I think my skin would
1: actually melt off. But you know what? You would be smarter. So there was a point in this past <laughs> weekend
2: where um, we went to this really nice rooftop bar in Nashville. And of course, the Titans Stadium is, is right behind it. And so all the girls want to stand up and get a picture. I said, no,
1: I ain't standing in front of that. Taking no picture in front of that. Mm-mm. Yeah, so all right. What's the craziest story from the weekend? Is it the that is appropriate fact, for air? <laughs> yeah, is it the fact they're all appropriate for air? Oh, okay, Blaise well, is a good girl. Um, <laughs> is it the fact that you saw the sunrise? I
2: yes, I accidentally saw the sunrise. I am too old to be watching sunrises by accident, but uh, we we got home a little late. We're all hanging out at the house, um, and then all of a sudden you look up and you hear birds chirping, <laughs> and our poor neighbors who are also celebrating a bachelor party. They're passed out. They're already asleep and sleeping on the porch. Meanwhile, all the girls are outside, and and we're hanging out on the porch just cackling and telling stories. And um, just, you know, the the, the fun, good times that you have after a a night out with all of your friends. Um, And so we hear birds chirping, and one of the girls is like, I'm pretty sure they just chirp all night long. And the other girl says, oh, no, no, no. They chirp whenever the sun is about to come up. And sure enough, 10 minutes later, you start seeing the little bit of a...
1: A sunrise coming Which up. Which I think is kind of cool, except the fact that you'd had a combined like five hours of sleep the whole weekend, yeah. that would have oh made me drag. Um, but I did laugh. I saw one of the videos where the um, future bride was up on stage and did not know the words to the song. Yes! Or maybe she normally does and she was just a little no. in time, so she didn't. But we
2: gave her a lot of grief <laughs> for that because that is a classic song country song? song.
1: Um It's the one, it's the Hank Williams Jr. one about um, David Allen Coe. And she did not, not bring it. In any it's bells. A, if you, you, would you hear the song, oh, okay. you would know okay, okay. it. But
2: it is a it's a classic, and so the 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 band. If you've never been to Nashville, there, there's live music in every single place that you go to. And That's if the place has multiple it. floors, they have multiple bands playing in separate areas of the restaurant. And it's it's just, so fantastic. It's The pure musical talent there is just yeah. unmatched. Um So they one of the bands they they find out about her that it's her bachelorette party. So they pull her up on stage and they give her a mic. <laughs> And she doesn't know any of the songs. She's just sort of like just dancing along (laughs) to it. And then the the guitar player actually picks up the mic and brings it down and puts it in front of us to actually know the song. And then that's when it got a little bit more exciting, a little bit more
1: participatory. It it was it was funny to me just because especially when you go to college in Gainesville and you go to eight seconds, that type of music is played every single time you go. And so, you know, you know, the words usually. If you didn't know them already, you learned them by your freshman <laughs> year. And um and yeah, like Cotton Eye Joe and, you know, just all those fun yep. ones. I love that stuff. But so I you- don't really have any
2: two crazy stories that I'm going to share on air anyways. <laughs> um, But there are there was a couple instances with a, I would say one of them was a Titans fan and one of them wasn't because obviously I'm a Jaguar fan. So I hate the Titans with every fiber of my being. Um, So whenever we got our first Uber driver, I asked him, I said, are you a Titans fan? And he said, you know, with a few choice words, he said, heck no. He's like, they freaking suck. He's like, they're going to ruin Mariota's life. And so I proceeded to give him a five-star rating after that. <laughs> and then there was this other, I mean, this was Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. This is after everybody has a combined like five or six hours of sleep. We're all in the airport where we're not in a good, well, not in a bad mood, but just not in a super peppy mood. And so we're walking around in all the stores. And then I come up to this little kid who's sitting at a Lego table. I was like, oh, that's cute. And he's just sitting at a little Lego table reading a book. And I walk past him and he's wearing a titan shirt and a titan's hat and i just look at him and i give him the scowl and then i just stare at him and i see him staring at me and i say go jags and he doesn't say anything back to like, that's a little <laughs> child he was like eight years old oh my god he didn't have even dressed himself but he yeah. had the hat and the shirt it wasn't like just the hat like was she's both. like so upset that Showed he was out. wearing a shirt and a hat in nashville <laughs> What do you expect? He's like, show it out. And then what was funny is he didn't have any, like, parents around. And then, like, five minutes later, I see him, like, crawling all over these parents. I'm like, oh, well, let me get out of here in case he just saw that exchange.
1: Oh, my <laughs> God. almost killed a child with your I didn't
2: kill with him. your eyes. But I made him know.
1: <laughs> um, so, uh, really the only funny story I have from the weekend, Amanda and I decided to take a tandem bike Uh-oh, from my friend's no. house to the beach. <laughs> Um, we we never fell. Uh, no, we it, did not. Well, we, it,
3: it took a couple tries to get on and get moving.
1: Yes. And then we walked it across 3rd Street to be smart and We got and so safe. many dirty looks and honks. <laughs> and just, Oh, was, people were just dying laughing. Oh, was, but what's funny is so we get to the beach and we're like, yes, we made it. And the little 8-year-old who's there goes... You guys cheated. And I was like, what? What do you mean we cheated? We rode the bike all the way here. And she's like, I saw you walking it at one point. And I was
3: like. We walked it across the street so we wouldn't get killed yeah. on third Little kids can be
1: jerks. I, well, and she's not a jerk. She's very sweet. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny that she thought that was actually cheating. And because we didn't ride it from point A to point B. But I will tell you, I was really proud of us because, especially on the way back, you know you've had a couple beers and then also a couple yeah a couple and then also I was wearing a backpack chair with a bunch of stuff in it you know sunscreen all that jazz that someone else had driven to the beach on the way there so I was actually able to to maneuver the bike and And I um, couldn't see anything because of
3: the backpack chair so I was just uh, trusting Lauren to steer us in the right direction because I could not see
1: a thing she had no clue but it was it was a lot of fun and um And I just love Memorial Day weekend. And I think that the one really good thing about social media is people do actually tend to post things that I feel like they wouldn't have said kind of prior to social media. What I mean is all the Memorial Day stuff. Yeah. Before social media, I don't know that people were walking around going, I'm really glad we have today off because there was a bunch of soldiers that fought and died for us. And now I think it really resonates with people more because they see different pictures Mm -hmm. and posts and all that fun stuff but um all right last uh quick thing jenny finch became the first woman to manage a baseball team over the weekend she guest managed the bridgeport bluefish an independent atlantic league team and they won three to one over the southern maryland blue crabs uh yeah so i just wanted to give her a little shout out she's obviously a fantastic softball star but apparently she really did win the game for the team it was her base running her very aggressive base running strategies Nice. That enabled them to win. Yeah. So, out of girl Jenny Finch, and I don't, I don't think this is necessarily going to become a thing because she was just guest managing. But how cool would it be if she actually landed on a staff somewhere? She probably will. Her, out of all people, I think would would land a gig somewhere. know, she has three kids. So after I first looked at the story, I was like, man, she looks great. And then I saw, I I wanted to see like, is she married? And she is. And then I was, I was like, she has three kids. She looks fabulous. I think they all play baseball too. Do they? Softball, baseball, I know her. And I know her husband is a minor league, um, or I think it's, he used to be. I don't know if he necessarily plays anymore because it said like free agent for minor league baseball. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that means you're jobless, which is fine. You, uh, you're doing just fine. <laughs>
3: Lauren knows all about this family.
1: <laughs> I, I can do my Reese research Lauren. pretty quickly. Yeah, oh I can creep God. like nobody's business. All right, we will check in with Fat Tony next. Thanks for listening to Helmets and Heels built by Funders Homes on Tencent XL ninety two point five FM. Thanks for checking out the podcast for Helmets and Heels. As a friendly reminder, you can always check out
2: the latest on our Twitter feed at Helmets and Heels or on our website at guysgirl.com backslash helmets and heels.